Greetings, beloved ones. My name is LaVon Briggs. I am a body and sex positive womanist preacher, speaker, and author. Sensual faith is a sacred space that I carve out for you to uncover your spirituality, recover your sensuality, and discover your sexuality. So if that sounds good to you, and if that feels good to you, you're in the right place. Saw things I imagined. I 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 saw things I imagined. Things I imagined. Things I imagined. Things I imagined. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Greetings, beloved ones, and welcome back to another episode of Sensual Faith Podcast. I am your host, LaVon Briggs, and I am so delighted that you are here. I am recording my very first podcast in my new dream home in New Orleans, Louisiana. Y'all, I'm trying not to sing real loud in this mic. When I tell you what God has for you, it is for you. I saw this listing online and my realtor contacted the listing agent for this place. It was the first spot that I saw the photos and was like, I love this. I need to see it. So he reached out and he said, the listing agent said it's no longer available. And I was pissed. I was like, well, why the fuck is this so active online? You know what I'm saying? That doesn't make any sense. So child, I went to see another place that I did also fall in love with that one. You can be in love with multiple homes at once and multiple people, but that's another episode. Praise the Lord. And so I kept seeing it come up. This other place that I saw, I applied for it, didn't get it. And I was like, all right, God, you got something better for me. So when I was in DC, I had a speaking engagement at the content warning pregnancy termination. Women's March had a rally for abortion justice and I delivered a poem there. As you can imagine, that was a very draining, emotional morning. I spent the entire afternoon after brunch in bed. And so I'm going through apartment listings and honey, I see this place again. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to email this agent. So I email her that Saturday, Sunday, she calls me. We have a little chit chat on the phone. She's like, come see it tomorrow. I go see it Monday morning. She turns out to be this short, white, Southern Louisiana, super saved Christian, right? She's just like, I love the Lord Jesus. And I was like, okay, girl, amen. And she was also talking about how her children are biracial and she loves them. And I was like, child, I hope so. You and your performative non-racism, but okay, girl, give me this place. So she's like, well, let me know if you apply. You know, I told her I was a preacher. I ain't tell her I was a body and sex positive preacher, but you know, maybe we'll have that conversation when she's selling me a house. On my way out of the viewing, I saw this other sister pull up in her cute little Cooper. And I was like, girl, you can look, but you cannot touch. This is mine. So I go home, I apply for it. I text the agent, tell her Tuesday morning, 10 o'clock, I'm pulling up to the gym and she calls me and she's like, you got it. She said, yes. Like she saw your Instagram and she loves what you're doing. Now, mind you, the last reel that I posted was the one about the Holy Spirit being a divine feminine entity. And so the fact that the homeowner saw my Instagram and loved it, I was like, okay, she cool. So, you know, some liberal white woman with the Oakland area code. Maybe I'll do a podcast episode on the connections between New Orleans and Oakland. That would be interesting because I'm still learning about it now. It is so wild. Anywho, I am thrilled to be recording this episode from my second bedroom. Thank you very much. It is my office slash spirit room slash guest room. So if we love each other and you come visit me, that's probably where you're going to be. And it's interesting that it's my spirit room because this is where I have my ancestral altar. So I'm really trying to navigate what that looks like. If you have never venerated your ancestors, you might be like, what? Altar, girl, demon, what's happening? 
I do not blame you. I do not judge you, but I do want to encourage you to suspend what you have been conditioned to believe for this episode. And if you have begun your ancestral veneration journey and you're looking to deepen your connection with your ancestors, or you've been in the game for a minute and you're just excited to hear someone who is Christian identified talking about ancestral veneration, this episode is definitely for you. Now, specifically speaking to African descended people, if you are an European descended person, friend, it's a little more complicated for you because I don't want you bigging up your ancestors who were brutal colonizers. That is not the energy of this podcast. This podcast centers womanism and commands the liberation of all Black people. So there's that. So when I think about this particular time of year, at the time of this recording, it's a few days before Halloween, November 1st, All Saints Day, All Souls Day, as we call it in Barbados, where my mom is from. It's a really potent spiritual time. Now, if you grew up in church, you probably had like a hallelujah night or something like that, where we didn't go trick-or-treating and we're not going to do all that demonic stuff, but we're going to have a trunk or treat or have, you know, fair-like activities happening on church grounds where kids can wear costumes and adults can dress up too, but it's not that evil spiritual stuff. I'm using air quotes. You can't see me, but I am. And I just want us to recognize how the church has systematically demonized indigenous spiritual practices and why that matters, particularly for people who are the descendants of African and indigenous folks. These sorts of cultural retentions are our birthright to express. That's why I love seeing on social media the beautiful renditions of dance from our siblings who are of native descent, right? Talking about the indigenous folks to this land. When you see them in their gorgeous headdresses with the feathers, and I believe they're called moccasins. I don't want to be offensive. I want to use the correct language, but their cultural garb, their adornment, it is stunning. The chanting, the drumming, the singing, the, oh, that is sensual faith in practice, right? When you think about how dance and song and music are inherently sensual experiences and how they conjure spirit and invoke the presence of God, it is just so beautiful and powerful. So while sensual faith does censor the experiences of Black women currently and formally church, we do realize that there are expressions of sensual faith across religions, spiritual systems, and beliefs. And so for us to be able to tap into this kind of spiritual conversation, it is a liberative practice and it does go against the grain of what the traditional church has taught us to believe, right? When I was in a super holy, rolling, Bible-thumping, holiness, Pentecostal church of Christ in North New Jersey, when I was in college, you know, I was at a point in my life where I thought everything was a demon. I was like, oh, that's not a God. Oh, that's demonic. I start speaking in tongues and casting things out and opening windows. My holiness Pentecostal folks know what I'm talking about. Talking about loose here, Satan. I would see African mass and think, oh, that's demonic. And I remember one time I said that around my friend Donna Lee, shout out to Donna Lee from Jamaica. And she was like, girl, get your life together, you know? And she, I believe would have identified as a born again Christian like I did at the time. Now, it was different for Donna Lee, I'm sure, having grown up on the island of Jamaica, where she had access and experience with seeing other folks practicing cultural and spiritual traditions that retained very African-centered theologies, cosmologies, and that kind of thing. 
just like I'm sure my mother growing up on the island of Barbados saw some things. I'm actually going to be talking about my maternal lineage on the next episode because we will be celebrating my grandmother, Nana, my Nana Norma, her 80th birthday. So this is a really great conversation to have before I talk about that specifically. Coming back to ancestral veneration as a spiritual practice, it puts us in connection with our ancestors. And it's really important to understand that we were not created in a vacuum, that we are a part of a lineage and a legacy. Our lineage is what we inherit and our legacy is what we leave behind. And so many of us have inherited thoughts, feelings, emotions, beliefs of those who have come before us. And it's up to us to really sit with and sift through and interrogate what it is that our living family has bestowed upon us, what feels right to us and what doesn't feel right to us. Because many of us have inherited spiritual gifts. And we don't even realize that we are a part of a line of seers or hearers or conjurers or root workers because it's not talked about. Because if you've grown up in this family, this church and this society, the unholy trinity that condemns those kinds of spiritual practices, well, maybe it's not going to be talked about as much or lifted up or amplified. But let me tell you something, we're still doing it, even if we don't call it an African traditional religion or spiritual system. That's exactly what it is. So I believe that Christianity is an African traditional religion that got co-opted and whitewashed by European colonizers. I believe that Jesus was a poor Jewish revolutionary North African refugee. And so if Jesus is African, (laughs) that means his mama was African, his daddy was African, his aunties, cousins, and all in them were African. And so then what does that then mean for our spirituality? And when I think about someone who walked the earth and operated in every single one of his spiritual gifts, I think about the man that we call Christ. Think about this incarnation of God, this experience of God in the flesh, which hello, we all are. We are all expressions of God on the earth. So Jesus is not just our great Messiah, the great coming, the Christ, the savior. And whenever you see salvation in the Bible, it actually means healing. Not that you're being rescued, not that you're drowning in sin and you're far from God, but that you're actually getting closer to healing and wholeness and liberation. So that's an important note when you're reading your Bible. Whenever you see salvation in the Bible, it really means healing. So the next time you're reading your Bible and you see the word salvation, switch it out and use healing instead and see how that scripture resonates in an even deeper, richer way for you. And so I think it's important for us to normalize having spiritual gifts because Jesus had spiritual gifts. And if we are Christians, which means to be like Christ, then beloved, of course we have spiritual gifts. Why would we not? That literally is illogical and nonsensical to craft your life after the model of this great healer and world changer and to think that you are not like him. In fact, I don't know about your Bible, but my Bible says that Jesus himself said that greater works will you do. And so when we think about all the amazing things that the biblical text tells us that Jesus did, when we think about the healing and the teaching and the groundbreaking, revolutionary, earth-shattering, game-changing ministry that he had when he walked the earth, beloved, don't you think you're supposed to be a game-changer? Don't you think you're supposed to be an earth-shatterer? Don't you think you're supposed to bring God's liberative reindom to earth? 
when we're talking about African cosmology, we have this phrase called as above, so below, that basically whatever is happening here in the physical realm has already happened in the spiritual realm. And so when we see this manifestation of justice movement making and this call for the radical inclusion of all of God's creation from our LGBTQ folks to giving women control over their bodies to wanting to destroy the capitalist system to wanting equal rights for all of our undocumented family. Like this is the rise that the divine wants to see. And so in order to play your role in the revolution, you got to know, well, what am I equipped with? What did God bless me with so that I could be a full present being in this co-creation of this new heaven and new earth? And so there are these spiritual gifts that are called the clears. You may be familiar with these. I want to touch on each one of them. And trust me, because God is an infinite, expansive being, these gifts are infinite and expansive. These are just the ones that we have been able to sort of aggregate with our mind's eye. But trust me, your gift is your gift, boo. And that's on period. So clearly clairvoyance, I have to start there because our grounding scripture is Solange's things I imagine. So sis is talking about how she saw things she imagined, how she imagined it in her mind first, and then she saw it manifest in the physical realm. And there are some of you who you can think something and it will happen, or you're given a premonition. And when you read an article or you see a family member or you get on Twitter, you're like, oh shit, like I had a dream about that. Or I saw a vision about that or I hurt, right? These are spiritual gifts that deserve to be nourished. What is more sensual, right? These spiritual gifts are the epitome of sensual faith. Your clear gifts are literally spirit working through your senses. So the first one, clairvoyance means clear seeing. This is when, and this is an article, I'll put the link in the show notes from Oprah, but here we go. Clairvoyance means clear seeing. This is when visions past, present, and future flash through our mind's eye or third eye, which is a chakra. A chakra is a wheel of energy. It comes from the yogi tradition. So it's basically our psychic connection. That spot is located between your eyebrows. And so if you've ever felt some heat or some kind of energy there, that is your third eye being activated. So probably should do an episode about chakras. Many of us are highly visual and able to understand an idea best when we see it written or sketched out. So if you're a visual person, particularly a visual learner, many of us, because I'm definitely visual, choose to be artists, builders, photographers, decorators, designers, and so forth. So if this sounds familiar, your clairvoyance is most likely a dominant sense. That sounds like Solange. She was like, I seen it. I imagined it. I seen it. I saw it. And then I saw it. All right, next is clear audience, which means clear hearing. This is when we hear words, sounds, or music in our own mind's voice. So I'm thinking of composers, people who hear the music in their mind, like the melody is in their mind, and then they get it out like Chloe Bailey. What she hears in her head, whoo, child, she is so gifted. On rare occasions, spirit may be able to create audible sound, though this takes a tremendous amount of focused energy. Although sometimes not that focused. If you're a clear audience, you're a clear audience. You feel me? So if you hear voices, and this is where you got to decolonize your lens, decolonize slash liberate. Because when you say decolonize, it still centers colonization. So let's just say liberate. You got to liberate your lens because in our culture, when people are like, oh, I'm hearing voices, people are like, you're hearing voices? Oh, you're crazy. And it's like, no, you're not crazy. You're tapped in. And so it's really important to start from a place of this is my birthright to be able 
able to activate, nourish, expand, amplify this spiritual gift is my birthright. So for clear audience folks, some of us, because I do be hearing stuff, some of us best retain and comprehend information when we hear it spoken aloud. Our natural talents tend to lie in our auditory faculties. This is also me because I'm a preacher and a speaker. Oftentimes we're gifted musicians, singers, writers, public speakers. If this feels right to you, whoop, whoop, clear audience may be a leading sense for you. Ah, whoop, whoop. Child, I've been rewatching Insecure because it's season five. And I just watched that episode where Lawrence's whoop, whoop app got completely disregarded by those white tech boys. Okay, back to the clears. Clear sentience means clear feeling. This entails feeling a person's or spirit's emotions or feeling another's physical pain. Now, I also feel like sensual faith feeling when you can sense something and maybe your hair on your arm stands up on the back of your neck or you sense a chill come across you or heat. I think those kinds of things, this sense of knowing. I believe some of us will call this the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. Our intuition, your gut feeling, right? When you just know that you know that you know, you can't explain it. And in our westernized, colonized, becoming more and more liberated everyday society where we want data and statistics and proof and evidence and information, you can be like, I can't prove this, I just know. And so I'm thinking of that show Manifest on Netflix, Child, I was so invested in that show. And then it turned into a whole entire soap opera. And I was like, why are we more concerned about who's fucking who and who's breaking whose heart than we are about flight 828, which is from Romans 828, which we can talk about the Bible and pop culture in another episode. Okay, so you meet somebody and you just have like a negative vibe about them. Or you could look at someone's picture and be like, "Mm, something's not quite right. You may feel chills. You're just a highly sensitive person. And so if you are clairsentient, you're probably a natural healer or caregiver. So we're thinking about doctors, therapists, counselors, nannies, teachers. Next is clairalience, which means clear smelling. Now, I have not experienced this yet. I have experienced the next one, which is clear gustance, which means clear tasting. Like I've had the literal taste of oxtail in my mouth before because my ancestors wanted it. And I'm like, y'all, okay, that's what you want. That's what you want. So I think it's beautiful that our ancestors talk to us through our senses, through those kinds of things. Like maybe your grandmother always wore Chanel number five and your grandmother transitioned in 2014 when you were in grad school. But one day you are sitting in the living room and all of a sudden you just get a whiff of that. You don't own no Chanel number five. Ain't nobody in your house wear Chanel number five. Ain't nobody been to your house that wear Chanel number five. You like, what? is this? That's Nana. That's Gammy. That's Mama. That's Big Mama, right? Communing with you in ways that you would recognize. That's one of the most beautiful parts about tapping into our spiritual gifts is that knowing that we are not crazy and we need to destigmatize that word anyway, but you're not making it up. You're not imagining things. When Solange says, saw things I imagined, she's not saying, oh, I made that up or it was just my imagination. She's like, no, this was very real. This was an embodied experience. This was me being in my body, which means I am in the spirit. Come on, spirit. Being in your body is the same as being in the spirit. Hallelujah. That's the shout right there. That is the word from on high. When you are in your body, you are in the spirit. And so this is confirmation when we realize that we are in our bodies, we are in the spirit, we are inherently a part of our spiritual legacy and lineage. And so we are both a part of our ancestral inheritance and the future gift at the same time. Come on, somebody. Woo! Okay. I miss church. Okay. <laughs> I miss praise breaks. 
So clear aliens means clear smelling. And so all of that to say that we are able to tap into spirit with our senses. And so how beautiful is it to celebrate this God-given temple and to honor that our bodies are divinely designed to engage with spirit beyond prayer and meditation and reading the Bible and listening to the preacher and hearing and swaying and dancing and clapping along with the gospel choir. So when our sense of smell is strong and distinct, we may find that certain smells connect us to past memories, or we may be drawn to working as a florist, a wine taster, or a perfume fragrance creator. Clear gustance, like I said, means clear tasting. And so it's the ability to taste something that isn't actually there. The experience often comes out of the blue. It might be a particular food or beverage that reminds us of them. And so if we have a heightened sense of taste, hallelujah, because food is delicious, (laughs) this would make us natural chefs, bakers, or food critics. Clear cognizance means clear knowing. This is when we have knowledge of people or events that we would not normally have knowledge about. So you're sitting in a restaurant, talking to Bay, when all of a sudden you catch a glimpse of this woman sitting with her Bay at the next table and you just immediately whoosh, know something about her. You have this premonition, this forewarning, you just have this sense. Those moments can be scary because you're like, am I supposed to tell this person? Like, are they going to think I'm, you know, wacko? Like, what do I do? And so you got to talk to God about that. You got to sit down with spirit and be like, what you want me to do with this? And should I say something like you have the right to work out your gift, to work out your own soul salvation alongside your creator? Like, God, you gave me this gift. What you want me to do with it? So for clear cognizant folks, many are philosophers, professors, doctors, scientists, religious and spiritual leaders and powerful sales and business leaders. So if you're highly intuitive, consider clear cognizance as one of your dominant senses. So we've got clairvoyance, the gift of sight, clear audience, hearing, clear sentience, feeling, clear alien, smelling, clear gustance, tasting, clear cognizance, knowing. And I would add two more. I would add clear empathy and channeling. So clear empathy is a deeper form of feeling someone's emotions. Like let's say you're at church and you are up there for altar call and you hug your friend standing next to you. And all of a sudden you are feeling what she's feeling. I remember once I was at church and the assistant pastor's wife hugged me during prayer. And I felt so peaceful in that moment before she hugged me. And when she hugged me, she was like, oh, I just feel so much peace around you. Right. So it's literally like a chain reaction where one person is feeling something. The next person feels that, too. That's clear empathy. And where would we be if we had more empathy in our world? And the last one is channeling. So, you know, in the Black church tradition, we would probably call this person a prophet of some sort, someone who is receiving messages directly from God and is giving it to the people. And so if you are overcome, if you are possessed and hear that word through a liberated lens, a liberated tone, a liberated context, where if you are come over by another spirit and you are receiving messages that you would not have known or said or conveyed otherwise, that is absolutely a gift. I've been a channel before. I've been a channel in the Pentecostal church where I was giving messages to people during prayer. I've been a channel during the proverbial experience live on Instagram where I'm starting to get messages. I'm a channel during my tarot card readings when people's ancestors show up and just be like, hey. So before we take a deep dive into ancestral veneration in the next episode, I wanted to tap into the energy of this weekend that I'm recording Halloween going into All Saints slash All Souls Day. When this episode comes out, we'll be about 48 hours outside of November 
November 2nd, when the last of that really potent energy is sort of waning. But if you sensed anything this weekend, beloved, it's because this is a time where the veil between the physical and spiritual worlds is basically non-existent. And so the same way that we talked about Jesus ripping the veil in the temple, where we didn't have to go through Christ to get to God, that we can go to God for ourselves now, that we can live a life modeled after the life of Jesus and tap into the spiritual systems, beliefs, and traditions of our ancestors, which newsflash, Jesus is an ancestor, not just a model. That's something that I think is really important for us, particularly African descended people. So this was a lot of information, y'all. And I invite you to really sit and listen, journal, ask God to give you clarity, listen to the episode again, and really start to pay attention to what you've been sensing in your body because God is giving us information through our senses and God is using our ancestors to give us information through our senses. And so that's why it's so important to be in your body so that you know, what is this feeling? What is happening here? What's going on? Y'all can't see me doing the bankhead bounce, but that's what I'm doing. Is it bankhead or bankhead? I don't know. It's all things I imagine. Thanks for being here, beloved ones. Follow along with the conversation online using the hashtag SensualFaithPod. And let's co-create this juicy, delicious community together. If you are already in, beloved, share, like, subscribe, and rate five stars, please and thanks. If you want to learn in community with me, we've already got a Sensual Faith Patreon that's been popping. Visit patreon.com slash LaVon Briggs and join the tier that's right for you. Follow me on social media at LaVon Briggs on all the things. You can visit my website, LavonBriggs.com to book me for spiritual life coaching, tarot card readings, contact me for speaking, teaching, preaching, engagements, workshops, keynotes, media interviews. And if you are ready to invest in this work, because baby, I'm investing in this work for us. So you can bless me on Zelle, Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, all the things they are in the show notes and in my links, in my bios, across platforms. You already know. It's lit. Go in peace, go in power, go in pleasure. Be well, beloved ones. And if it's not well, it's not the end. And remember, faith should feel good. Good.